Welcome to Victory Today. I am so pleased that you've chosen to listen to this podcast and invest in your faith life. You know, with all of the things that are clamoring for your attention right now, I am convinced that God will honor your decision to put his word first in this way. And I'm believing that what we're going to talk about over the next few podcasts will not only help you to build your faith, but it'll give you a confidence and an assurance that will enable you to triumph over every challenge that this world throws at you. So if you've been listening lately, you would know that we've been talking about what changed when we came to Christ and the fact that the Bible says that when we said yes to Jesus, we became brand new creations, that the old passes away and all things, the Bible says, become new. But here's the thing, if you don't understand what that's referring to, you're going to get all confused about what did change when you said yes to Jesus and what didn't change. And sadly, a lot of people are confused about that and it makes it incredibly difficult for them to enjoy the Christian life and to walk in victory. See, if you don't understand that you have the victory, that you're not actually trying to get victory, you're most likely going to get caught up in all kinds of religious activities, wrongly believing that if you just do this and you do that for long enough, that somehow God will give you the victory that you need and all of your problems will be solved. But friend, that's wrong. In fact, that kind of religious thinking is going to really mess you up. It, it traps you into this never-ending cycle of trying to do certain things to get God to move in your life, to get him to heal you, get him to respond to your prayers, feel his presence in your life, and on and on and on. And while you're doing all of that, the enemy comes and he's going to condemn you. He's going to say that the reason you aren't enjoying the victories and the breakthroughs is because you aren't doing enough. You're not confessing enough. You've heard his lies before. You know, he comes and he, he says things like, man, just look at you. You aren't spiritual. You're nothing but a hypocrite. Man, with the things that you did last week and the thoughts that you had about that person who cut you off on the freeway, you don't seem to be able to get on top of any of your issues. You are such a mess. There is nothing spiritual, righteous or holy about you. How can you expect for God to answer your prayers? That's the sort of stuff that he comes with. And he will come to you a hundred times a day with that junk. And if you don't understand what actually changed when you got saved, and what didn't change, you'll become defeated, you'll get depressed, you'll be so frustrated trying all of these different things to try and get God to move in your life, that the Christian walk will be a burden, friend, rather than a blessing. But what we're going to see as we get into this is that the reason for the frustration and the reason for the discouragement that so many believers feel today is all due to a faulty understanding of our identity, of who we really are in Christ and what changed when we got born again. Now, I'll go into this in more detail later, but for today, what I want you to grasp is that when you got saved, friend, your mind, your will, and your emotions didn't change, nor did your physical body. Okay? 
None of those things changed. What changed was your spirit. I'm saying that if you want to get some victories in your life, you've got to accept that your mind, your will, and your emotions did not change when you became a Christian. Your body didn't change when you became a Christian. What changed was your spirit. Why are we transformed by the renewing of our minds? Because our minds were not transformed when we said yes to Jesus. They didn't change. So that means we got some work to do to get our minds renewed, to get our minds lined up to the Word of God. And we know that we do that as we study the Bible, as we meditate on the Word of God, as we act on it, as we put it above our reasoning, above our senses, as we apply it day by day in our lives. That's how we renew our minds. Remember, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free or the truth will make you free. What is it that's going to set us free so we can enjoy the victory that Jesus has won for us? It'll be the truth, friend, the truth of God's word that will quite literally make you into a totally different person than you are right now. When you know the truth and you're outworking that, when you're living that out in your life, it'll take away the fear, it'll take away the anxiety, it'll remove doubt and worry and timidity, questioning, it'll give you a confidence and a courage, a peace, a joy, unshakable strength. It'll give you those things to go out each day walking in victory. It will quite literally make you free. And what you'll discover as you renew your mind is that your emotions, your feelings, they'll start to line themselves up to the Word of God as well. And as a result of that, you'll find yourself having way less ups and downs. You'll feel more calm, more peaceful. You'll be able to cope with whatever comes against you. And then as your mind begins to be renewed and your emotions fall into line, what happens next is your body starts to respond as well. You'll find that things that used to trouble you in your body will start changing. You'll see healing manifest. You'll experience better sleep, a better mood. You'll feel stronger, more competent, more able to do all of the things that God's called you to do. Now, why is that? Well, it's because our bodies simply respond to what our mind tells our body to do. Let me say that again. Our bodies, friend, simply respond to what our minds tell our body to do. Your body is hugely influenced by your thinking. And we're going to talk about that a lot in the podcast to come. But you need to know today that your body does not operate independently. It responds to your thoughts and to your emotions. And so when you start to change the way you think and you now act on the word of God, it won't be long, friend, before you'll start to see some really big changes in your physical body. So we're going to spend some time looking together at what the Word of God says about our physical bodies 
how we're supposed to view our bodies, how we're meant to treat our bodies, why it's so incredibly important that we understand the role that our born-again spirit plays in leading our bodies and our mind, our emotions, our will. And you're going to see the importance of this as we get into it. But the reason that it is necessary to talk about this in the first place is that I have found over many, many years of ministry and chatting to people around the world is that believers generally are either dismissive of their bodies and they think that the whole of the Christian life is about the spiritual part and and it's nothing to do with their physical bodies or they bore into the lie that's being peddled today in society that the physical or our bodies, well, that's the most important thing. You know, that life is simply about doing whatever with your body that makes you feel good and having a bunch of experiences and trusting in your feelings. But as we're going to see, both of those positions are wrong as a believer. Instead, we need to have a proper biblical understanding of how God has created us and how we are supposed to treat our bodies and the relationship between the physical and the spiritual. And so what I want to do today is for us to begin looking at what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7. You might know this verse. Paul says there, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, he said those words right before he died and he left his body. And we know that because in the previous verse, he said, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. In other words, it's not going to be long before I'm out of here, right? But I want you to think about that for just a moment. What a great thing to be able to say at the end of your time on earth, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Wouldn't you like to be able to say that one day? Yeah, I didn't get everything right. And I made some mistakes, but his grace was always sufficient for me. And so as a result of that, I've fought the good fight. I've done what he called me to do. I've been faithful to my calling and I've finished my race and kept the faith. Friends, I want to encourage you. Let's decide today that no matter what is coming against us right now, that we are not going to quit. We're not going to bow out. We're not going to get distracted and give up on our calling. But instead, we're going to stand our ground and run our race until the very end. Amen. We're going to keep the faith. We're going to stay the course and we're going to receive our prize. Are you with me? I want you to listen to this verse from the Woost translation. You know, Kenneth Woost was the most incredible Greek scholar. And he put together an incredible translation of the New Testament where he draws out the original meaning of the text. If you can get a copy of it, I would encourage you to do so because it'll really bless you. Kenneth Woost's New Testament. Just have a listen to how he translates this passage from 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. Paul says, I, like a wrestler, have fought to the finish and at the present time I'm resting in its victory. 
My race, like a runner, I've finished. And at the moment, I'm resting at the goal. The faith committed to my care, I, like a soldier, have kept safely through everlasting vigilance, and I've delivered it again to my captain. Henceforth, there is reserved for me the victor's laurel wreath of righteousness, which the Lord will award me on that day, the just umpire, the umpire who is always fair and never makes a mistake, and not only to me, but also to all those who have loved his appearing, and as a result, have their love fixed on it. Isn't that awesome? He says, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Friend, I don't know what you're up against right now, but I want you to be encouraged today that the one that is in you is greater. He's so much greater than he that is in the world. And I want to challenge you today. Make a commitment right now, if you never ever have before, that you are not going anywhere. You're not checking out. You're not going to stop getting up each morning and being his ambassador until you've fought the good fight till you've finished your race and you can say, I have kept the faith. We'll dive deeper into this next time, but right now, here's what I want to do. I want to make this really practical for just a moment. I want to get you to find some place private because I want to lead you in a little confession. There are power, there is power in your words. Amen. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So I want to encourage you, find some private place that you can repeat these words after me. We're going to verbalize a commitment together to staying the course that he's planned for our lives. You know, so many people, checking out right now. So many people being discouraged and downhearted and letting go of the call of God on their lives. But friend, I don't want that for you. So come on right now, find a quiet place and repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for calling me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for placing me right here, right now at this crucial time in history. Thank you for giving me a unique assignment and empowering me to complete that assignment with strength, joy, and courage. I'm honored, Lord, that you would choose me to be your witness. And I know that you will supply everything I need to do all that you've called me to do. I will succeed and not be a failure. I will run and not grow weary. I'll walk forward each day and not faint. I'll draw on you for strength. I will keep your word before me and I will refuse to give in to the lies of the enemy. No matter what comes, Lord, I know that you'll be there for me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper and you will be my victory. And because of that, I will not quit I won't shrink back. I won't bow out early. I'll be faithful to the end. I'll be fruitful to the end. I'll remain steadfast to the end. So I can say with Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have run my race and I have kept the faith. Well, amen and amen. You go out and have a great week. Be a blessing to someone and know that I will be back with you to continue this message and grow in the things of God real soon.